The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Welcome along to The Big Red Bench. Kieran Regan with you till 7 o'clock. Also got Ryan in the house and Roy O'Higgins over at Turner's Cross as well after the Shamrock Rovers game. We'll catch up at Roar in just a minute or so as well. Plenty to get through, including we'll hear from this guy. We're delighted. I suppose going into the competition, <laughs> the main objective is to win the league, I suppose. Every team drops what everyone goes out to do. And we're just happy at the end of that. The last bucket of all there, I suppose, but we came out on top. Yeah, Noel Cashman speaking after he won the Red FM Division 1 hurling title yesterday and we also hear from the Cork under-20s. Yeah, I think that was it. I think we really stuck to our guns and, and when the game was going against us, the lads kept, kept battling away and gradually dragged themselves into it. So, huge, huge amount of character. That's all to come in the next hour. Yeah, very, very busy show to come between now and 7 o'clock. You can text in if you so wish. 086-8104-106 is the uh, text number or WhatsApp. We'll join that. Rory O'Hagan live from Turner's Cross in the next few moments. But uh, a very, very busy day of sport, Ryan. So much going on. Oh, my God. Like, wh- like where do you even start? <laughs> well, I suppose you'll start with Tipperary well, anyway, won't I'm you? Going to start. <laughs> yeah, no, I suppose, really. the Tipperary into the All-Ireland final against Kilkenny. What a game it was. I mean, we had it on here and it was really, really end-to-end stuff. They beat Wexford by two points in the end, 128-320. to 320. I believe more at Traston Kallig has the full-time report. Full-time, Wexford 320, Tipperary 128. This game had everything, including both sides throwing the kitchen sink at it. It was a nip and tuck the whole way, with Tipperary coming into their own in the second half. Lee Chin was pivotal for Wexford, from a solid free-taking to his goal in the second half. And he set up Wexford's third goal as well when he got the Schlitter as far as Conor McDonald. But as the game wore on, Wexford lost their edge. It went down to the wire. Tipperary fighting through despite being down to 14 after John McGrath was sent off with a second yellow for a wild pull on Damien Reck. Eventually pulling off the win. Full time. Wexford 320, Tipperary 128. Yeah, that was some some results. Some game of hurling as oh, well, Ryan. On a knife's edge for the whole thing. Do you know, you, you couldn't have called that. At halftime, you couldn't have called that. No mm. way. Yeah. Um, Especially when they went down to 14 men, Tim. 100%. Yeah, and then four man. points down, and you're thinking, mm. that's it. Like, But like you were saying with Anna earlier on, sometimes the deficit can actually push you yeah. on. It did push them on. They scored the next four points after that. It brought them right back in it, and then it really just went down to to the few minutes added on in the end, you know, just who kind of... Who wanted not even who wanted it more? They both clearly gave it their all. But yeah. excellent game, unbelievable game. Uh, elsewhere, Cork under twenty footballers they're into the All Ireland under twenty football final against Dublin. They edged out Tyrone earlier today again by two points. Final score there: Cork two seventeen to Tyrone's one eighteen. Yeah, I'm just going to come across you there, Ryan, because uh, Rory is live at Turner's Cross there for us, Roar. Hello, Kieran. How are you? Where, that do you know what? I can't. That sounded. Incredibly like the Eurovision when you cross over. <laughs> Hello, this is Turner's Cross calling. Here are the results from the Turner's Cross jury. Fingers crossed for the deuce of no yeah. points. 
Um, yeah, uh, Cork, City, Cork City won. Yeah, Cork City one point, as I should say. Cork <laughs> Rovers one point. Um, yeah, a draw here. The fair result. I think Cork City um, uh, won. Uh, Shamrock Rovers won. Um, excellent performance from Cork City all round. I think um, played very very well. Um, took a good goal as well. Um, Thirty four minutes. Darrow O'Connor. Um, capitalising on a mistake in the uh, Shamrock Rovers uh, defence and curling the ball expertly past Alan Manis uh, in the goal cracking goal and a deserved uh, lead for City at that time uh, Shamrock Rovers then uh, changing things up at half time uh, former Cork City players Greg Bolger and Graham Cummins making way uh, for Aaron McInef and Dan Carr and the substitution paid off dividends because uh, Aaron McInef equalised uh, for Shamrock Rovers on 58 minutes as uh, he uh, took uh, advantage of uh, Cork City failing to clear their lines uh, with um, the ball just dropping from a corner or just dropping from a cross wasn't cleared properly uh, McInef took the ball took a touch curled it past Martin McNulty from 25 yards it was a screamer of a goal an absolutely cracking goal just a pity it was a Shamrock Rovers player scoring it uh, Shamrock Rovers uh, piling players forward then um, as they tried to get a winner because this was at least some seven points behind Dundalk with a game more played but at the end of the day Cork City um, held on and they uh, got the uh, point at the end and a deserved point at that as well Yeah, what about that uh, penalty roar? Penalty shot? Yeah, there was a big penalty shout indeed uh, Marco Sullivan cut in from the right-hand side and took on a couple of Shamrock Rovers players looked like he was just about to shoot left-footed from 12 yards bundled over in the box looked an absolute stonewall penalty um, the referee uh, Sean Grant wasn't interested waved it on the crowd was incensed and uh, Cork City were denied a penalty I'm joined here now by uh, Cork City head coach John Cotter John um, first off um, that was a well deserved point I think it was thought we did well um, look Rovers have a, a great squad and um, look we were going to be up against it at times but thought the boys dug in got a great result and um, could have nicked it to be fair yeah Richard, we were just talking about the penalty just before you came up there um, what was your view on it when Marcus Sullivan was bundled over in the box do you think it was a penalty I think everyone outside the officials in the ground thought it was a penalty to be honest um, I thought it was a blatant penalty Marky Dunley Grayson is going into the box and he gets caught from behind and goes down and I thought it was a blatant penalty to be honest and look in my opinion it's not good enough from the officials I think they need to be better on that especially in big moments like that because when you're about to shoot from 12 yards just with the keeper to beat you're not going to fall over in that point like. no and look know your players too Marky could go down how many times during a match but that's the thing the players need or the referees need to know these know the players and um Exactly as you said there, he was going in to get a strike off and comes to nothing. But look, it's baffling and look, it's happened to us a few times this year, but look, we'll take the positives and take the point. Overall, Marky Sullivan had a great game. He could win a header against the fella and stills. He could, he could. But look, Marky, there'll be more to come too. Look, he's still... Look, he's he's been great for us. He gives us a lift. He um, He's aggressive. He He's passionate about the club and... Uh, he was unlucky that time, as you said. He's still a very good footballer as well as he does Lee Grace that time. And... Um, Look, Mark, he's a great lad and we, everyone here knows what he brings in. Anyway. And you went ahead with that Darrell Connor goal. Fantastic finish. It was. It was good pressure actually from Marky and uh, Darren. I think it was a Greg Bolger. Mm. And it was a great finish first time into the bottom corner. And look, that's what we've been demanding more from him, to be fair. He needs to, he needs to do that more and um, be more consistent that way with goals and setting up goals. And in the last week, he's pitched in a bit that way. So still a lot more to come, hopefully. Were you disappointed with the goal you conceded? Was it just a good finish from McEnough? Yeah, it was a good finish. But look, to be honest, I probably have to look at it back to me really say I thought it was maybe caught quickly with a, a short corner to be fair and um, never really cleared it properly and uh, yeah it was a good finish now to be fair came through bodies for, for Nulls as well so um, look we'll, we'll look at it and reflect on it and see if there's improvements to be made there because it's a shame Griffin back getting minutes as well yeah look Griff is since I've been in here Griff hasn't kicked the ball as such really and he's, he um, 
had a show or did a calf injury first, then he came back and game later he does a shoulder and he was only just back onto the bench in the European games and uh, came on last week as well. And um, it's great to have an option again, another player back, and uh, we need all the options we have. Just word on Sean McLaughlin leaving the club for Hull during the week, a player with bags potential and the ability to make it all the way. Yeah, look, it's it's brilliant for him to be fair. And as I said during the week in the 2017 Cup final, Sean didn't make the bench. 18 months later, he's going to the championship for himself. And um, look, he's a great for our club as well. Look, he came through the academy, went to UCC, got his degree, played a couple of years there, came back and going to the championship for himself it's a great way to do it he's done it the right way I would think and look we'll follow his career closely and everyone in the club wishes him all the best too to be fair Just on transfer news there's a bit of speculation about Derek O'Connor possibly leaving the club is there anything in that or have you heard anything about that? No look I've heard people tell me these things as I go around the place but look there's no truth in that to be honest as I say look we we have a tight enough squad at the minute we can't afford to be losing any more bodies and um, we'll be trying to hold on to every player we can Any chance of getting any more players in? Um, we're working on it hopefully there might be developments in the next few days but it's not easy either to be fair There's, we're looking for players to come in and try and improve us and um, it's not easy because there's not many players available in the league to be honest And um, mm. but we'll work right up till Wednesday night and hopefully we might be able to do something if not we're still happy with what we have at the moment mm. and uh, we back the players all the way to be fair Today's uh, results today's performance is that going to give you more confidence now heading into the game against Pats on Friday? Yes, absolutely. Look, obviously it's a tiring performance too because Rovers, in fairness, they keep the ball well and pass the ball well and, and have very good players. And if you just look at their squad, to be fair, they're bringing the likes of Ronan Finn, Aaron McInniff and Dan Carr off the bench. And um, they have a lot of options. But look, we played well out in Luxembourg too um, 10 days ago or so. And uh, t- today was another good performance, to be fair. It was um, a good performance, a good point. And hopefully we take that into Friday and go to try and win the game again Friday. All right, John. Thanks for joining us. No bother. Thanks. Yeah, so it was full time there at Turner's Cross, but things are just kicking off for the Cork Miners in Tullamore. They're kicked off against Monaghan in the minor game. It's currently two points apiece there. It's the third game of a triple header today in Tullamore. Now, the Red FM Division 4 hurling league full time earlier today. Uh, it was Black Rock who took the title against Kildare. Final score there was 4-18 to 19 points on 11 goal swing there for Blackrock. They were also crowned Red FM Division 1 Hurling League champions last night. I'm not sure. Kieran was speculating earlier. Has that ever been done before? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, have we got any texts in there by any chance? We've got no experts on it so far. <laughs> yeah, it's a, do you know what? It's a good one. Um, it's certainly worth looking into uh, because, well, I suppose there wouldn't be a whole pile of second teams in, you know, in the county leagues either. Um, Blackrock, one of a few so I don't think it's it's there's a good chance it hasn't happened or certainly not in a long time anyway you know yeah. but um, fantastic for, for Blackrock there the City Club about winning two titles in two days you know yeah it's certainly a huge achievement absolutely huge now you heard the round up there from Turner's Cross Cork City one Shamrock Rovers one from Roar there so we'll move on bit of transfer news Garrett Bale's proposed move to China has fallen through he'd been linked with a switch to a Chinese team that would see him earning a reported one million pounds per week how bad but it now looks unlikely that it will uh, go through before their transfer window closes on Wednesday uh, now actually this is quite interesting Kieran I wanted to run this one by you Liverpool completed the signing of the youngest ever player to feature in a Premier League game today. 16-year-old winger Harvey Elliott uh, moved from Fulham. His contract's expired and Klopp has uh, swiped him up at Liverpool. He became the youngest player to feature in a Premier League team when he appeared against Wolves aged 16 years and 30 days old. 
like well like when Rooney uh, was not far off that was he when he scored for Everton against Arsenal um like I don't know would you be I don't think he's going to be starting for, for Liverpool maybe he's a player to come in and oh he's definitely develop, a, a yeah. prospect but I mean 16 days 30 years old coming on, right. a, on a, starting a Premier League match I mean that's where did we go wrong I, you know, <laughs> I, I'd hate to uh, if I had a crystal ball like see what I was doing when I was 16 years and 30 days old I don't think it would be quite as impressive but uh, look how as ever um, in golf news Roy McIlroy is heading into the final day of the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational that's in Memphis he currently has a one shot lead he's on 12 under he'll be playing the last round alongside world number one Brooks Kepka, who's a shot back he's getting underway just after 7 o'clock Irish time in cycling we had an eye on it earlier on and Egan Bernal will, is set to become He's been the youngest winner of the Tour de France in the post-war era. Uh, 22-year-old Colombian, he holds the yellow jersey going into the final stage, which traditionally sees the leader go through Paris unchallenged. So he's definitely on course to win it. Defending champion Garon Thomas is second. He's a minute and 11 seconds behind Bernal. Uh, we know he will take this year's number one spot when he rides down the Champs-Élysées in Paris later on today. And finally, just a look at the Formula One Red Bulls. Max Verstappen, he's won an incredible Formula One German Grand Prix today. Day. Ferrari Sebastian Vettel uh, charged from the last on the grid to finish second which is very impressive with Toro Rosso's uh, Daniel Kvyat completing the podium. Uh, changing conditions caused drama throughout the race and Mercedes Lewis Hamilton who was in pole position to win the Grand Prix actually ended up finishing 11th. Yeah so uh, as you mentioned challenging conditions there at the uh, German Grand Prix. You, it's a long time since you've seen Lewis Hamilton finish down that far in, know, yeah. in order but anyway. Um, we'll be going back to Roar uh, very shortly he's going to be getting uh, a player um, in the next few moments from that Cork City draw with Shamrock Rovers but uh, before we go back to Roar uh, the Cork under 20s as uh, Ryan mentioned there in the roundup, they are into an All-Ireland final against Dublin huge uh, congratulations to them because they had a fantastic comeback against Tyrone today in Tullamore and uh, Joe Troy was there for us and he spoke to Michal O'Cronin Michal, I'd imagine a hugely satisfying win for Cork today, um, particularly when he trails six down through the second half and it's kind of a stop-start game, but your panel really, you know, it's all effect today. Yeah, I think that was it. I think we really stuck to our guns and, and when the game was going against us, the lads kept kept battling away and gradually dragged themselves into it. So, huge, huge amount of character showing us. Remember, I did an interview yesterday, I think, or Friday, and I was saying that, that we, we had a very, very strong panel and they did. Everybody contributed, all 21 on the pitch today, and they really, really dug in. Uh, fierce proud of them and uh, it's great to have another day out. The decision making was probably you know, really crucial as well because when they were trailing they kept the scoreboard taking over some good fisted points when maybe the goal was, was, was thought about and for young players it showed great maturity. Yeah I think that's, that's, that's key just keeping the scoreboard taking over just when it's not going with you and you know your breaks come if you hang in there if you don't hang in there you'll, you'll, you'll do stupid things and silly things our boys kept composure did the simple things and you know we get two or three fisted points which as you said under pressure very very cool thing to do um, you can always say go for goal but they did the right thing and you know the scoreboard told the difference at the end you know, it's nearly like an old cliche that, you know, it, it's all about the 20, it's all about the 30 that's on the panel. Your bench had a huge impact today because they brought a lot of freshness, but the key to two, they probably brought a lot of scores as well. Yeah, we go further than that. We're carrying probably a panel of 35 or maybe nearly even 40. We've extended panel of lads who've really given a great commitment throughout the year and we've hung on to them. A lot of young lads, you know, a lot of good young cock footballers coming through there and, you know, they're showing character and showing a lot of bottle and showing a lot of metal and, uh, you know, it'd be great now to go the, the full job and finish it out, but Dublin are a, a really, really top opposition as well and we left the 
just get ourselves right, get the bodies in order and, and, and get ready for the final. And what your boost is is the Cork football because you have the makings of a very, very good team there you know, that might go on and, and be future senior stars because they really played with a lot of maturity and you have to be impressed by you know, when they were six down and looked like just Cork really couldn't get their hands on the football, they went through the lines and they didn't panic and a lot of the leaders stood up. Yeah, and uh, you know, talk about Cork football, Cork football is in fine hands, it's, you know, things go through cycles and you know, there's players, there's plenty of players there, the seniors have put on a good graft this year, you know, and really to make the Super 8s from, coming from where they're coming from, I mean, relegated was a great achievement and very, very competitive in their two games and they have another game against Ross Harman, you know, hopefully they can finish it with a, with a winning belt. You know, the Miners are coming on after us here now against Monaghan and they've got a lot of momentum and, you know, in the 20s is a very, very important grade because I think they are the next step up the senior level. So seeing them showing that nerve and that, that character and indeed the obviously football abilities is fierce, fierce important for Cork and I'm sure we'll give everyone a lift. Yeah, Joe Troy speaking with me, Hollow Cronin, a selector with the Cork under 20s after they beat Tyrone earlier on today. The Cork Miners taking on Monaghan. It's three points apiece at the moment there. We're going to cross back over to Turner's Cross to Roar, who has uh, won the players. Yeah, thanks very much indeed, Kieran. Joined now live by uh, Cork City's Kevin O'Connor. Um, Kev, that was a good point, I think. Yeah, in the end, look, I uh, thought it was a great point. You know, everybody put in a shift. We can't can't fall too, man. I thought, you know, we worked as hard as we could and, and thought we deserved a point in the end. I thought, you know, they had about 10 minutes at the spell and started the second half, got their goal, which was, from our point of view, disappointing. Mm-hmm. But we regrouped. We came back and I thought Derek Crowley had a great chance. He was in a Great, ended up in a great position, done everything right. Keeper just made a great save, can't do anything. But yeah, you know, with the way things have been going this season, the last bit, you know, Aaron Green, if that was earlier in the season, the ball goes into the top corner, yeah. you know what I mean? So we'll take a point, 100% good performance, and move on to next week now against Pats. You had a huge, huge shout for a penalty there when Marky Sol gets bundled over in the box. I thought it was a penalty, everyone on the ground thought it was a penalty. John Connor was just up here, he thought it was a penalty. I assume you thought it was a penalty. Uh, yeah, you know my reaction, I'm always going to claim for everything, you know. I thought Marky had done unbelievable, and if, he, if he's not shooting there, why is he going down? No, yeah. so it's, uh, look, sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, it's, uh, it's the nature of the game, but. Um, yeah, look, we can't fault anybody. I thought, you know, sometimes you get that, you go 2-1, it's a, it's a different game, but we had to regroup, you know, they had a lot of ball in the second half, and I thought, two men, we worked excellently. It's just that little bit of luck you've been lacking this season, isn't it? 100%, you know, it's um, obviously it's disappointing, you know, things just haven't fallen for us, and and we haven't taken our chances when we get them, but, you know, it's a good Rovers team, you know, they're in where they are in Europe for a reason, and... Uh, any time you get a point off them, you know, with the way our, our year has been going, it, it, hopefully now this is the turning point and we can kick on from here. Obviously, you had uh, Greg Bolger and uh, Graham Cummins in the opposing team. What was like kind of playing against former teammates today? Yeah, look, it's always, you know, this league is a, is a bit of a merry-go-round, you know, it's people that could end up anywhere and um, every week you're playing against someone that you might have been with, you know, the year before, but you just have to put for it once you step over that white line, you know, there's no friendships, you know, that goes out the window, so... Yeah, look, as we said, you know, we're here to win for Cork City and they're there to win for Shamrock Rovers and that's the way it is. It's been 10 days since uh, you went out of Europe. I mean, like, how disappointed were you after that and how hard was it to kind of pick yourselves back up after that? I think it was disappointing that we went out, but I think the way the lads performed in the second leg was unbelievable out there. You know, that that's probably the best we performed all year and it was just a matter of bringing that form into the league now and it started tonight, you know, and we worked as hard as we've worked all year, you know, uh, I'd say the GPSs are about to blow up, you know, the lads ran that much. But, um, yeah, look, it was obviously disappointing to go out. Felt that we let ourselves down probably in the first leg and gave ourselves too big of a mountain to climb and we nearly we nearly clawed it back, you know. And uh, But that was disappointing, but we took courage from the way we played. You know, we got the ball down. I thought we, we were by far the better team out there. Um, and as I said, we just needed to bring it into the league form now and that started tonight and we got a well-deserved point. Us as fans watching it, 
We're really starting to see John Collins kind of blueprint for the team start to emerge now. Are you seeing that in the training pitch and all that? Yeah, hundred percent. Look, we're we're all good players. You know, there's nobody there that's yeah. that's not a good player. They're here for a reason. If you have to handle the pressure of playing for Cork and and it's an expectant crowd, and that's the way it should be. And um, yeah, as I said, you know, the lads are starting to to find a bit of form, starting to you know believe in we believe in what the lads are doing and I think that's the main thing you know we have to we have to keep going and we have to make sure now towards the end of the season you know there's a, there's there's a lot of points left to be taken in the league and there's a cup that's there to be won you know what I mean and we've seen the last four years we've been in the cup final and won two obviously lost two but there's something about it that we like you know so hopefully it'll be the same this year Sean McLaughlin left for Hull during the week off to the championship uh, what can you expect over there and do you think he has the ability to go all the way 100% 100% you know everybody's crying out for a tall left footed centre half you know and he he's so calm on the ball excellent defender you know and I, I wish him all the best over there I hope he goes over there and takes it by storm you know hopefully he'll be given the chance by this time when he gets his chance then he'll take it I think you know he, Sean's a great player and he's a, mm-hmm. going to be a massive loss for us you know but that's what we're here for you know we're here to push him on and, and thank god he, he got his move he's earned it you know what I mean uh, myself and Shawnee were, I remember we were watching the cup final last year and I thought he was outstanding you know and, and he could always play at another level it's just a matter of hopefully now he gets a chance when he goes over and he, he'll prove himself not a bother and today's performance as well going to give you a lot of confidence heading into the rest of the stage and Friday against St Pat's yeah look that's that's the main thing we need to take that performance and bring it into Pat's on Friday you know with the way our season's been going we've performed one week and not performed the next week and that's been the disappointing part so we just have to make sure that we look after ourselves don't worry about who we're playing and, and look after ourselves and if we get the chances take them that's really it you know so hopefully we can we can do it Kev thanks for talking to us buddy alright that's back to you in the studio yeah Ryan just, or not Ryan uh, Roar oh, just, just oh, 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 sorry <laughs> Ryan's doing a bit of a dance inside I don't know what he's doing so he kind of grabbed my attention um, is it a, a point gained or two points lost for, for City yeah, it's certainly a point gained for Cork City. Um, a fantastic performance all around by the Rebel Army, I think. Um, they're going to take a lot of confidence uh, from this uh, heading into, as I mentioned, uh, just uh, to Kev there, uh, to the game against uh, St. Pat's. And as I mentioned, you can really see John Cotter's blueprint for this team starting to emerge. Cork City are playing football. Uh, they're getting it down the wing. They're getting it, uh, keeping it on the deck. They're moving it quickly. And, uh, yeah, you can really see uh, Cork City's improvements. Yeah, well, sure. Hopefully against uh, that game against Pat's, uh, they might uh, improve a bit more and there might be a better result uh, that night but uh, Roar thanks very much for uh, that alright lads thanks a lot cheers uh, Rory O'Hagan there at um, Turner's Cross there giving us the updates across today from Cork City's draw with Shamrock Rovers one apiece is how it finished and uh, as Roar said there good result for City after the 90 or so minutes now uh, continuing on with the bench and uh, there was a lot of finals played this week the Red FM hurling league finals normally you'd be reporting on these Ryan in the depths of the, the freezing cold uh, weather in Parky Rain or whatever ground they're playing it in um, in November, December, January, and this year they finished up in July. Huge uh, success this year. Uh, we were hoping to speak to Kevin O'Donovan, the uh, CEO and Secretary of Cork GA, who's also the uh, uh, looks after the leagues and that. But um, a fantastic uh, success for the leagues this year. And uh, just last night, Blackrock were crowned the Red FM Division One Hurling League champions after they beat Sars, who've uh, been crowned the champions for the last few years. So there's 
a new name on the cup but uh, I spoke with Fergal Ryan manager of Blackrock after the win last night So uh, before you look uh, Red FM Division 1 league champions obviously uh, fantastic to get some silverware at Midwest Rose Yeah absolutely brilliant look I think it's it's a great idea from the point of view of finishing it when it's finished just before championship starts again um, a very worthwhile um, game for us like and I presume for SARS as well I mean I mean, we're playing in two weeks um, I'm not too sure SARS out in two weeks time or is it next week I'm not too sure when they're out but um, absolutely great um, um, so you know very very happy with the win in the end yeah, yeah. Um, obviously the the league changed a bit this year with the, the points and all that but look it worked out in, in your favour and we got to the semi-final the final and you know, champions all. yeah yeah look I think if you look at probably the way the games went and the number of games we won and lost I think I think the top four probably deserve to be where they were I know they changed it slightly this year but I suppose um, it's no harm in trying it because it had gone stale and playing playing in December or November when you might have been out of championship a month and a half or two months was a disaster so um, this is a far better structure um, and great again to have Red FM as sponsors um, always behind um, Hurling in Cork which is fantastic um, and come here you mentioned going into a championship and getting a good tough game against Sars there you had a good tough game the other day as well with two periods of extra time and that those are the type of games you could like you won't get in a challenge match they're more competitive to set you up for championship better oh, definitely I mean we're very happy with um, qualifying for the semi-final and the game we had against Bears was a ding-dong battle um, and as I say you don't, you don't get that intensity in training you don't get it from challenge matches really um, so absolutely they're worth their weight in gold when you can get them so close the championship and when we got over the Bears game um, you know playing Sars another top team in, in, in the senior hurling in Cork um, we were delighted with that and happy to get over that one as well uh, I know you won't want to be name dropping certain players but there was some great bit of skill from some players there Michael Heller and Tyke DC won a man match in the end as well yeah look Ty Tyg is, is, is a type of player who can who can do that without even thinking about it um, and, and again look you know, it's a, it's going to be um, a challenge for him now to do that in the championship game, and you know we wouldn't put him under any pressure. I mean, he's capable of doing it, but the consistency in doing it on a regular basis is something that's that sometimes is hard to do for players to keep it at that level. But you know, if you get if you get eight tenths of what he done there today, you'd you'd still have um, a fantastic performance out of him. So um, no, no, he was. He was deserving men of the match, and um, but there was good performance all over the pitch. It really is a team game. I know it sounds a little bit kind of you know cliche, but it is a team game, and you know there was work rate all over that pitch. I think some of the lads might be worried um, after that last fifteen minutes that you're going to have a lot of things to to work on in training. Well, there's, you know, there's always things to work on. Um, definitely, there's always things to work on, and you, when you're involved in a team and and you're looking you you look for the mistakes and you look for the things you can get better at and the good things you just kind of brush aside and say well we need to do that we need to do that or we're doing that and you don't really focus on it but look that's just the nature of sports yeah you try and improve the things that you need to improve on and hopefully then they'll keep doing the good things that they're doing so um, no but overall very happy with it uh, two or three weeks until championship again um, a couple of weeks in a busy period yeah, yeah well look we've two weeks now of um, you know one week really of real tough training um, I mean trainees down there leading into the, the championship game on the 10-11 that weekend so you know it's it, it won't be long coming and this season won't be long finishing either I mean I don't know what the final is fixed for I think it's start of October is it or middle of October or something like that so you know you've two months there and 
you know, hopefully you have two months. Um, if you don't, well then, unfortunately, you've, you've lost out again or missed out in a year. That's the good thing about sport, as always, next year. Yeah, I know, <laughs> lastly, before I leave, we go, um, Black Ark have already claimed silverware tonight. There's another uh, Rockies team in the uh, Red Femme Division 4 final yeah. uh, tomorrow against Kildare. Um, this interview will be played on air after that game, so we, we, the result will have been, but it's great to have Rockies in two finals, I suppose, from a club perspective. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic, and, and look, I suppose a lot of those lads will be playing tomorrow will be training with us anyway because you know we've 30, 30 odd in our panel so basically you've got the next string as well so it's great for those guys as well um, and it's good that those guys on the fringes that might not always be getting a game with us because you know a lot of our just probably 12 or 12 12 of our team 11 or 12 of our team that'll be set probably most times to be fair um, so it gives those guys a good competitive game and playing in a final for something as well and um, that always keeps them a bit sharp as well yeah, Fergal Ryan, manager of BlackRock, speaking to me after the match last night. Uh, I also caught up with uh, their captain, Niall Cashman. Yeah, we're delighted. I suppose going into the competition, the main objective is to win the league, I suppose. Every team jumps what everyone goes out to do. And we're just happy at the end of that last bucket of all there, I suppose, but we came out on top, so we're just delighted now, I suppose. Yeah, it's been a few years since the Rockies have uh, won it, there's kingpins of it for the last few years, and you got over them uh, today. You were you were on top for most of the game, but they came at you towards the end there. Yeah, I suppose we kind of, they got well, we, we went to sleep a small bit, like, and gave them a chance, and if you guys a chance, they'll capitalise the way they play hurling, it's fast, it's moving the ball quick, and we went to sleep, and you could see we nearly caught there at the end, they missed a penalty if they scored that. I'm sure we've been very, very close at the end. That made a big difference. Uh, some fantastic scoring across the team. Uh, Michael uh, O'Halloran and John O'Sullivan and Tyke DC getting men match. He put over some uh, great scores as well. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> yeah, they're serious players, right? Paid the pace they have and the touch. They... Marking and training isn't fun. <laughs> they, uh, when, they, when they put their minds to it, they can really make a difference for us. That You can see that once they get their act together that, and have their heads right, that they can do any day of the week they can. Um, normally this interview will be taking place in, in December or January but it's taking place in some bit of heat anyway in, in July uh, format was changed this year uh, you mentioned it there in the speech uh, a lot of people mentioning how successful it's been I suppose it has really uh, I thought yeah I think it's been unreal the way that it's run through the summer like we got a run there of once the championship was over we'd a run of I'd say eight league games and it was week on, week off, and it was made some difference compared to looking for games or looking for challenge games. That every week we had a competitive game against a, a city club or out the country that they were in, that they were competitive. Like, and every game we played was competitive. And even to have the semi final last week, it made a huge difference. And even the final this week, I, I thought it was really doing really well this year. Um, did that semi final take much out of you going the, the two periods of extra time as well? That, uh, it doesn't happen that often. Jeez, yeah, first time I've ever seen it anyway, but yeah. <laughs> it took a while to recover, right? For a couple of days, lads. To be fair, they looked after us well. and But I think it made, the diff- it made a big difference for us anyway. It kind of got us, including a small bit, to us get track together. That's. But they're kind of games, Joe. You know, we have it in the bank now, and kind of it's massive for us as well to have to go that distance and to come out, I suppose, on top. And yeah. at the end of the day, you have one bit of silver in the Red Femme Division One hurling league title. Um, you're going into championship now again in a few weeks. Uh, how are you looking ahead? Of that? Uh, I don't know. After today, now you can say that there's positives and negatives. Yeah. The last 20, 15 minutes, I suppose, was a big. We we'll have to work on that, I suppose. The lads will have their work about for the next two weeks. We're, we're nowhere near ready for championship. But today, now the league, it's a, it's a good stepping stone. But we still have a lot of work to do before we play Newstown or Newtown. 
No doubt Fergie will have you put through your paces in training. But um, last year it was a semi-final. You got to you know, obviously, or it was it was close to the quarter-final, semi-final. But you, anyway, whatever, whatever says you got to you know, want to drive on and win it this year. Oh, 100 percent. Two years ago we kind of got a taste with the county final, and once you get a taste of it, you you can't get rid of it. There's no satisfactory semi-finals last year. No, this year we're kind of same same buzz. That's what you want at the end of the day, county final. So. I don't know. We get over the next round first. We have to concentrate on that, whether it comes or not. That's our main priority. Yeah, Niall Cashman, captain of BlackRock last night after he claimed the Red FM Division 1 hurling league title. A fantastic one for BlackRock as well. They bossed that uh, whole game. Also, the Cork Miners are in action at the moment. They've just got a goal. Connor Corbett from Clyde Rovers, the captain. Uh, Cork now lead uh, Monaghan 2-7 to 6 points Monaghan are the Ulster champions so that is a huge uh, score to put up against them there's about 28 minutes gone in that uh, so far so a fantastic from Cork so far in that we'll keep you up to date across the big red bench on that now uh, it wasn't just last night uh, was a success, successful one for Blackrock uh, this evening was also another successful day for the City Club because they also claimed the Division 4 Red FM title after they uh, beat North Cork side Kildare. Uh, pretty uh, big scoreline they put up as well, but uh, they got a number of goals just in the last few minutes, which uh, probably gave it a misleading scoreline, I suppose you could say. But um, Lily McCarthy was there for us. She caught up with Bobby Thornhill, the intermediate, uh, the team selector. Just uh, There is a bit of wind in this, so uh, just do take note. Hey Bobby, great win for the club. How does it feel? Oh, it's, it's an unbelievable feeling. I think the last time I won with the club, I was with the Cork Minor Selector, 1985. We won the Minor Championship, and I think it was the last time I was involved in a winning team. Like even though I had spent a lot of time with them, but today is unbelievable. Like we came down today, we had no fullback, we had no forward. We were missing a number of players, but the guys that stood in today were unbelievable. Your seniors won the Red FM Division 1 final yesterday. It's been a great weekend for the club. Yeah, I, I'd say it's the first time that, that from one club like to win the, uh, the senior and uh, the intermediate uh, in, in the one year. I can't ever remember that it wasn't like. So there's a lot of those players that were playing last night. Played again today, but there was kind of a, a reins on them. We weren't allowed playing them before, you know, and they're key fellas that came in at key times like Conley. They're like a super, absolutely super player. Like you know, So he turned the tide for us. The league structure has changed this year. How did you find it? Very frustrating at times. Like we had to go down to play a number of of minor players. You know, uh, we had 16 in one game. You know, um, that's the way it is. Fellas away working, like fellas in Dublin and things like that. Holidays. You know, you must you give in to them there at times. Like, but at least they stood up. That I was at the game between Kildare and Nairog and it finished up as a draw, which left us to get to the final. Had it been a Nairog win. Uh, it would be a three-way playoff, you know. So it probably the final mightn't have been today, however. But Kildare are a lovely team, great personalities there. Uh, I went to school with Tom Jackson; he's involved with them, like you know. And the two of us had been best of friends. I met Tom and Hendy, I like played with Cork as well, great friends. And there's just, just something about Kildare. They're a great bunch, absolutely. They're a hurling team. They love it. They absolutely love it. And unfortunately, they had to be the winner today, you know. But I, I've no doubt down the road in the championship. They'll be there. And what are the, your preparations like now for the uh, the news few the next few weeks ahead of your next game? 
Well, I just after talking to Jerk Holland, and he assured me that we're going to get a trip to Spain, that he's paying for it personally, paying for it. They're all doing it, so why not us? You know, I don't know. I said, look, to be back to the drawing board, I presume on Tuesday and Thursdays, and like we have no more games, you know, so we have to get practice games and things like that. We have championship in two weeks' time, so that's it, you know. And well done, Red FM. <laughs> Thanks very much, Barry. Yeah, there you go. Bobby Thornhill, uh, selector with the uh, Blackrock second team who won the Division 4 final today against uh, Kildare in the Red FM Division 4 league final. So I uh, hope he enjoys Spain anyway if he does end up going before championship there in two weeks' time. Anyway, still plenty to come. We'll hear from Paul O'Keefe, the Bears manager, after they won the Rochestone Park Hotel Division 1 football league final last night. We'll also hear about uh, the Munster 100 Cork Motorcycle Road race which is taking place in Glanmire next weekend it is all on the way before 7 o'clock Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM yeah, welcome back to the Big Red Bench. Kiran and Ryan here till 7 o'clock. Rory was over at Turner's Cross uh, earlier on today. Now, uh, Cork in action in the All-Ireland Minor quarter final. Ryan, uh, you have an update there? Yeah, the whistle's just gone for half-time there in Tullamore. Cork certainly the happier of the two sides at half-time. Cork currently leading two goals and eight points to Monaghan's eight points. So a six-point swing there for the Rebels at half-time. Yeah, so uh, it's good scoring against the the Ulster champions. Um, they they won the Ulster championship last year as well. So uh, we heard from one of the or from the manager Bobby O'Dwyer yesterday as well, and they were expecting a real tough uh, task against the Ulster side, but uh, doing very very well so far. Now, yesterday in the Rochester Park Hotel Division One Football League, the Kelleher Shield uh, in Park Urin, the Bars took on Kilnamatra. Um, in the, in the the final before the Red FM Division One hurling league final, and the Bears won that three seventeen to two goals and ten uh, on top for pretty much uh, all the game there. But I caught up with uh, the Bears boss Paul O'Keefe after the match. Yeah, look, I suppose it wasn't our greatest performance ever. Uh, you know, look, we'll have plenty to take take away from it in terms of you know going back to the training sessions and the rest of it. But look, anytime you would the silverware is great. You know, look on the scoreline probably didn't reflect the effort that Master put in to be fair you know they put us under a lot of pressure and uh, we had to dig deep for that result you know but in the end of the day look it's great we're delighted uh, good score put up 317 I think you're happy with that oh, look, you can see the 210 yeah look that's the, other, that's the other side of the coin you know but look uh, 317 is great scoring you know look I think probably I think the game probably got away from Kilimarter there maybe towards the, the last quarter and look these things going to happen, you know. Like, and as I say, look, that's probably not a real reflection of where they're at, you know. Um, but look, you'll take it. You got to use a lot of bodies there. I think he brought Ian on after a while at the start. And Shields, I don't know, he covered every blade of grass there at once. Yeah, look, it's great to see him back. You know, uh, look, he's a huge asset to us. You know, he's a great servant to the Bears. Uh, and look, it's nice. Look, when you get games like that, that you get, you know, maybe the, the players that have been out training and you know getting very little reward for it, that you're able to bring them on towards the end of the game is great. It's great for the morale of the squad as well. So it's fantastic. Uh, I know, essentially, it's probably championship you're going after, but it's you can't uh, dismiss uh, a league title and some silverware mid 
special season. Absolutely. Look, it's 1990 since we last won the Keller Shield. You know, so look, it was one of the targets. You know, at the start of the year, look, you you, you want to win what's in front of you, and and look, that's a, that's a good starting point as a lead into championship as well. You know, so that we kind of targeted that uh, as kind of the start of your championship running. You know, so look, it's one step closer to what we want to achieve. So it's great. It's a bit nicer to be playing it in a, some bit of warmth rather than <clears> the balls. I look, uh, I think look to be fair to the county board. Look, the Keller Shield has been an off very well this year. I thought it's really successful. Like. You could tell when you had your matches, you know, and it was kind of week in, week out stuff. I, I think it's been a real success, you know. Look, we're, we're, we're very quick to criticise the county board when they do things wrong, but I think they definitely got it right this year in terms of the Keller Shield anyway, do you know. Yeah, and look, championship in a few weeks as well, obviously. Preparation back in Absolutely, yeah. Look, there's nothing like Arbury or Castlehaven to focus the mind, do you know. So uh, that'll be a different affair, you know. So look, looking forward to it, but dreading it at the same time as well, you know. So, yeah, so... Um, as well as today, but yeah. you're a fan of the new format and the and the scoring system as well seems to have yeah like you know look I, I just I, look I just think it was it was well ran it was well organised um, and it worked really well like you could tell look and you know look you know you're getting games right up into nearly August and you know it's a good setup like you know like if if, if you advance well in the league you're getting you're getting competitive games right up to just before the start of the championship which is what you want you know so have you seen much of Shieldsy? Yeah, look, he's 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 tr- like. He, he, he's really worked hard to get himself back into back into shape. I'm delighted he got the 20 minutes there, you know, to, that we were able to get him on, you know. So, because uh, look, he's he's a he's a huge asset, you know, and, uh, and we want him back, you know. So, uh, so it's great to see him uh, making an appearance anyway. You didn't start your captain, was that because look, we wasn't the wrong era? Look, no, it, look, he's just been through. He's been through a pile of work in the last number of weeks, and look, it's mentally and physically draining for the Cork fellas at this stage. You know, we were hoping not to play him tonight, look, but obviously we got an injury and forced. Like, yeah. forced our hand you yeah, know yeah. so you know the best the best of intentions like yeah, you know yeah. but your luck uh, so look that that was, that was the reason behind that you know so but look it's all good you know yeah Paul O'Keefe manager of the Bears speaking there after they claimed the Kelleher Shield the Rochester Park Hotel Division 1 Football League title yesterday in Parky in uh, ahead of the Red FM Division 1 final uh, still have time up in Tullamore in the All-Ireland Minor quarter final uh, Monaghan finished with two points through Jason Irwin and Dara Dempsey but uh, Cork going in at half time two goals and eight points to eight points so uh, they are ahead at half time now uh, we spoke about the All-Ireland final earlier on to, or the All-Ireland semi-final I should say earlier on today Davy Fitt uh, is after speaking after losing that semi-final they went down to tip 128 to 310 he's been speaking with Maura Trass and Kelly I know these interviews are never easy and you've had your fair share of them roller coasters, ups and downs but I think and I won't put words in your mouth but I think what you're feeling is absolutely disappointment but huge pride as well um, yeah, I'm just absolutely gutted. I'm devastated. Um, I think our boys deserved a bit more. But listen, you have to admire Tipperary, the courage they showed, the tenacity, the fought it out game. But we had our chances. We can't complain. But I'm extremely proud of the Wexford boys. They were incredible. Never give up. Stuck to the game plan. And I just feel when the man was sent off, it gave him a bit more space. They avoided our spare man out, um, which is a big thing. And they, they pulled off some love. They got some great scores at the end. So did you, though. In fairness, your team, uh, just think Lee Chin in particular, he had a monstrous game. And when you're watching, it was one of those games when it came to full time, we were like, how is Davy Fitzgerald not celebrating, if that makes sense? Yeah, I, th- I thought, I, I believe before today we were going to win. I, I, I don't fear any team out there with this bunch. Um, I feel we could beat any one of them out there. Um, and I knew the Leinster Championship was a crazy championship. It was an unreal championship. Um, so... 
I'm extremely proud of the boys. They're, they're Leinster champions. The people of Wexford should be dis- absolutely um, delighted with the lads because they give 110%. Do you realise yourself, though, what you have done with Wexford and with hurling this year? You've given a lot of people a lot of enjoyment. Well, to tell you the truth, it's, it's just hard to feel at the moment. It's that feeling inside in your stomach you don't want. It's, it's, it's horrendous. But you know what? And I'd say this to the guys, once we have our health and we can get up tomorrow, we'll get over this bit of pain and we'll, we'll get on with it. And um, listen, just thanks to everyone. That the well-wishers the last few weeks they were absolutely um, top class and um, we really appreciated all the support we got from everyone. Uh, finally, I know you want to get back to your team, understandably so. Officiating on both sides, and I don't want to go ending this on a sour note, but I would argue that maybe decisions on both sides didn't go the way managers, both managers, yourself would have liked today. It isn't, but refereeing is a, is a tough job. Like I'm sure Liam wasn't unhappy one or two. We could have said the same, but you know what? Sean Clear did his very best. He's an honest guy. It's very hard to do it in that tempo, and um, we're not going to look at the referee one bit for this. Um, we had our own chances, and uh, we just say fair play to Tipperary. Well done, and um, it'll be a, an epic final. Yeah, obviously, uh, the struck David Fitz there speaking tomorrow, Trasney Kelly, after the game. Uh, a tip manager, Liam Sheedy, also spoke with uh, Maura Trasa. Liam Sheedy, often after games I ask managers, how do you feel after winning that? But I think the question I'm going to ask you to start off with is, how did you win that with everything that happened? Yeah, look, uh, just delighted to have got, all, got over the line, you know, it was a really, really enthralling contest uh, for everybody involved. And uh, look, we showed, I suppose, there was serious questions asked of us uh, when we went five points down, the man down, but I suppose the way we answered the call and the way we came back and won that match, I think is just, just honestly, I'm thrilled for the lads. Uh, you know, they just... They came up with the answers and they found the inner strength and the inner resolve to go and bring it out of themselves and they, they dragged us they dragged us back into the game and they, yeah as I said I'm, I'm an emotional wreck here at, at the moment to be honest with you because that was some journey over the, between half three and half five. And that's only two hours. Imagine the people watching it at home as well yeah. and the build up and yes. talking about it now. But that said, like when you look at it, the first half in particular, Wexford had your number. You know, especially they had the runners. Especially Sean Murphy was immense up and down like a little train. The second half then. Tipperary, you kind of control that. How did you manage that? Yeah, I think uh, we had a good chat at half time. We knew that we had a lot more in the tank, and we made a promise to ourselves that we weren't going to leave anything in the tank. And you know, we didn't track our runners. We probably let them get the better of us, and, and it was you know they, they moved the ball much better than us, walked the ball through the lines, and always had the overlap. So you know, t- you know, we, we it probably could have been worse. You know, we were four points down. We got it back to two just before the break. So uh, as I said, we went in two points down without really finding our flow. Uh, and look, we knew if we found our flow, we went back and we went a point up. But then obviously they hit us with the goal. Then we had a man sent off and then we had a goal disallowed. And, you know, it looked like it wasn't going to be our day. But, you know, the boys, the boys wrote the script. And the boys deserve great credit for the way they, they simply dragged themselves out of what was a, a fairly deep hole. But my God, the way they, the way they turned that around is just, I'm so proud. I hate to be that person because it's always, I appreciate referees and officials, they are people, they're human beings like you and me, and we're not all perfect all the time, even you, you know, so I always hate to ask managers because, you know, it's the heat of the battle afterwards. And you're going to ask me anything. I'm exactly going to ask you now, how did you feel about the officiating in general? Because I felt some Tipperary people felt some hard done by, now so did some Wexford people, and what referee is going to please people all the time? Yeah, look, it's a difficult job. You know, uh, I think, the, you know, ref in a game that runs at that pace is really, really difficult. But I would say over the course of the 70 minutes, we probably got a small bit at the hard end of the stick today. You know, definitely, you know, you know, one of the goals I felt, you know, we should have got the time for the advantage. It was at a critical juncture in the game. But look, as I said, I know Sean Clear, he's, he's, he's refed us on a number of occasions. And it's not an easy job. And uh, as I said, you know, fair play to anybody that takes the, that takes the, 
the mantling goes and, and, and does the referee's job because it's not an easy job but today we probably were on the wrong side of some calls but you know what over the course of the year and over the course of, of your time involved generally it, it ends up even so um, as I said and I suppose thankfully for from our perspective you know there's, there's no question marks over this now because we won the game Maybe that's the thing as well sometimes not the referee's fault it's the rules like the advantage rules sometimes I wonder what good is advantage when you're through on goal Yeah well I mean the advantage rule I thought was five seconds so that's really what we were saying that's what I was trying to say to the, the fourth official but look as I said I'm not going to dwell on that really what I have to talk about this evening is a wonderful group of players that have qualified themselves from the Ireland final so we can look forward to a good tra- Now Liam Sheedy uh, speaking after their win today in Crow Park in the All-Ireland semi-final they'll take on Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final uh, I know we kind of touched on it earlier on Ryan but uh, it's Liam Sheedy's first year back in charge after winning the All-Ireland with Tip a couple of years back um, he'll be seen as somewhat of a, some bit of a, an icon in Tipperary 100% yeah uh, yeah sure why wouldn't he be yeah yeah no he's done unbelievable unbelievably like you know and the players as well unreal you know I mean we were saying it earlier the game itself was just incredible and like what I like there is both Liam and Davy kind of saying like how hard it is to referee a game at that tempo and 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 that they weren't going to dwell on the mistakes that came in either side of it so it did actually just come down to down to the players themselves but yeah of course Liam is going to be popular in Tipperary right now you know he's sending he's sending a great Tipperary team into their sixth meeting with Kilkenny in the All-Ireland final sixth meeting in 11 years you know mm-hmm. so it's a real I mean like you know you know I'm from Thurles like uh, everyone loves a tip in Kilkenny showdown it is just you know it's, it, there's no better weekend you'll, you'll sit into a pub throughout the day and with everyone around you you know everyone's sporting the colours when they're playing Kilkenny and you know there's something about that so the fact that Liam is and the players have given us that like sure of course he's going to he's going to bring a lot of smiles to Tipperary tonight yeah. yeah, I'm sure you'll be dancing at the crossroads up in uh, Tarlis tonight <laughs> as well. But um, yeah, I suppose, look, it, it does have everything to be a, a cracking final up in Crow Park in three years' time. And uh, hopefully there'll be some cork interest in that. We'll know in the next few days. Um, obviously not uh, either team, but there could be a Cork person possibly involved uh, on the pitch and uh, fingers crossed for that but uh, we won't know for the next few days Um, you're an Arsenal fan uh, over there Um, (laughs) wait just before you burst (laughs) it's like let me revel in the Tipperary win before you burst my bubble with with, with an Arsenal uh. (laughs) I built you up on purpose so I could bring you straight back down well what is it Alexander Lacazette uh, limped from the pitch during their pre-season defeat to Lyon this afternoon I Uh, saw that yeah Yeah, it was about 12 minutes in I think he came off yeah, Yeah. yeah Yeah. Um, well, uh, his boss, Unai Emery, has said that it was uh, just a precaution he was taking off. Yeah. We are thinking it's not important. He decided uh, and with a doctor and with, with me, it's better, no more risk. And he, try, he tried to, to, to continue playing, but I think uh, it was better in the precision not to not take risk. Yeah, um, so maybe not uh, all bad news for uh, Arsenal and Lacazette there. Um, elsewhere, still uh, half-time in Tullamore. The second half should be getting underway in the next few moments uh, between Cork and Monaghan, the All-Ireland minor quarter-final. Uh, Cork going in 2-8 to 8 points at half-time there. That's uh, part of a triple header 
in Tullamore. The game before that was the All-Ireland Under-20 semi-final between Cork and Tyrone, which Cork have won. Cork now going to an All-Ireland final against Dublin. That's going to be a tough, tough game, but uh, fantastic for Cork uh, to be in an All-Ireland final in football. Um, It's been a while, so... uh, absolutely fantastic so uh, congratulations to Keith Rickon and his management team and all the players there now uh, moving on the Munster 100 Cork Motorcycle Road Races uh, race takes place in Glanmire next weekend there'll be a large number of riders competing next Saturday and Sunday for more on it Rory spoke to Piero Donald Arnold Alright Donald uh, first off um, thanks very much for coming in the Munster 100 Road Races are back yeah, absolutely, Rory. Thanks for having us first and foremost and sharing the areas with yourselves. Yeah, so we're back after a, a little absence, we say, of a number of years. Uh, we're bringing it back to Glanmire again, which we see as being a local now. Well, not quite to Glanmire, <laughs> but we see it as being the, the new home for the Munster 100 road races in Cork. Uh, it's taken a kind of a, a tour of the county in the 70s and 80s, kind of found its home in uh, Kinsale and Clannacilty over those years. Got good back in then. Uh, in 2013, it uh, made its way to Glanmire with the help of the Cork Motorcycle Racing and Vintage Club and a couple of locals and things like that. A uh, bit of a, a hiatus, as I said, in the last number of years yeah. between this, that and the other. Uh, but we're back on track this year now for the August Bank Holiday weekend. So when was the decision made to, to host the races again in 2019? I suppose it's gone back almost 12 to 18 months ago at this stage. A bunch of lads in Glenmire there, a group of like-minded individuals that's been sporting road racing for a long time, said... Cork needs this back on the back on the map, back on the road racing map. So they got together, knuckled down, and then in association with the Cork Motorcycle Racing Adventure Club, who became like our official road race partner, um, came together and said, "Yeah, let's get this thing going." So fundraising that probably started twelve months ago, and from there it's just been putting in the the hard yards, getting the sponsorship, getting the councils on board, all the local authorities and things like that, and and the and the riders as well who've been uh, who've been delighted to see it back. On Sounds like you had a, a lot of balls in the air to get. The- over the line absolutely there's there's so many things to consider like you know it is closing public roads for a motorsport event uh, you know what I mean but yeah we, we just had a, a really positive positive feedback from all the local authorities as I said from the landowners from uh, the riders again as I said and, and uh, yeah, I suppose local businesses have been amazing they've put the, you know their own time money and effort into this to get it back to where it is and uh, yeah we just want to see a, a good safe day's week or safe weekends racing as well hopefully How many entries have you had so far? Uh, it's, it's kind of a fickle nature this one we have good entries so far but like anything all these lads will be racing in Armoy this weekend so you know they might be popping Conrads and things like that <laughs> So if the bike doesn't make it through the weekend, they might necessarily have their entry in, you know, two or three weeks in advance. But yeah, no, we've been promised some of the big names in in the big classes to come down. The likes of Derek Shields, Mick O'Sweeney, and we've a couple of local lads as well, like Mike Brown, Stephen Tobin, who are all coming as well. Um, talk to us about the course as, as a, a Watergrass Hill uh, local. I know that uh, the, the road well, so can you talk us through the course? Yeah, no worries. It's a, kind of a triangular course, I suppose, 4.6 kilometres. Starts off uh, just there near Delaney Isles or uh, Killalock Crosses is known. Mm-hmm. So it's left-handed, goes down what we would call the old main road. Nice sweeping section there. Uh, sharp, first sharp left-handed, then we had Anna Carton Bridge. Nice little rise then up towards Crush, and again the road comes back down on itself. A nice little challenging twisty bit back down to Killalock Cross, 4.6 to- kilometres in total. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to it because we had the council on board recently resurfacing, sex- resurfacing sections of the road as well for us mm-hmm. with, the, with the road race in mind. So the track will be in pristine condition, so? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We'll have road sweepers, hedge cutters, and all those things going on in the next couple of weeks just to keep the place for both uh, riders and spectators uh, nice and clean and uh, great for great viewing as well. 
it. And organisation-wise, I'd imagine even a massive number of volunteers helping out in the day to make sure everything goes smoothly. Yeah, like there's, I suppose, a core, there's a core group of us um, the last couple of months have been um, doing the meetings and doing the fundraising, things like that. But yeah, on the day we could have between anything up to maybe 150 volunteers between flag marshals, radio marshals, road marshals, um, you know, program sellers, all those. Yeah, so we, we have a lot of volunteers that we're relying on locally to, to give us a dig out. Uh, and again, yeah, it's a big team, big team goes into this over the weekend. Expecting much of a crowd out to watch it? Yeah, hopefully, like as I said, we, the local, the most recent one that would have been Faheen last weekend in uh, South Tipperary, they'd have attracted crowds between three and 4,000. Again, because it's our comeback event, we'd hope that the locals come out and support. There's a, a road racing support contingent that would travel the length and breadth of the country mm-hmm. uh, supporting these events. And you could have anything between four and 5,000 we'd be hoping to come through our gates, quote-unquote. Yeah. And you can buy tickets, though, can't you? Uh, tickets are just on the day only, so yeah. we don't have any um, facility to buy them in advance. But, yeah, you come to any one of the three approach roads, either via Killalock and a Carton or Crush, and uh, we'll have lads there selling uh, for their wristbands for 20 hours ahead. Mm. And where would be the best place for a spectator to watch it, do you think? Oh, my God. Uh, you're putting me on the spot here. <laughs> but I suppose the Old Main Road is probably one of the most, uh, you know, breathtaking spots there. It's a nice, sweeping, wide-ass part mm. of the road. So you'll be getting some nice speeds there. Uh, likewise, then, if you're like me, I like the idea of really sticking myself into the middle of a hedge and getting as close to the action. So the road from Crush down to Killalock mm-hmm. there, there'll be some nice spots there, nice tight corners where you'll have the, the riders rubbing the ditches going along. Are you hoping this is going to be an annual thing now, or is it dependent on the success of the weekend? Absolutely. We we really hope that this is the first of uh, many coming back to Glanmire. So we hope that this August Bank Holiday weekend, or whichever date the MCI grant us to host our race, but yeah, we will putting this firmly back on the road racing calendar for uh, for the for many years. And if people are listening to this, is there still time to enter if they want to? to oh, of course, yeah. Like we we will have people entering on the morning of it. You know, now the only thing is if grids are full, we can't guarantee your entry. Mm. But yeah, come along on the morning if if yeah if you're listening, come along in the morning with your entry fee, and we yeah we we we'll accept your entry. And what's the format then for the weekend? So we have it's over two days. So on Saturday the third, we have a practice day as we'd call it, but we also have two races which are excuse me, <clears throat> non-championship races on a Saturday evening. And then on Sunday, we have a full race schedule of another 10 races uh, culminating in the grand final, as we know it, uh, which is sponsored by Karen Ash Insurance this year. Q-Hans. Yeah, there you have uh, Piero Donald Arnold from the Munster 100 Cork mo- Motorcycle Road Races, which is taking place in Glanmire next week. That's about all we have time for on the Big Red Bench uh, this evening. We'll have the podcast up in the next few minutes on all the places you get your podcasts. Alan's up next. We'll chat to you next week. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.